ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out (laughs) on this podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to take it back. We're going back to September 11th. 2001 now you don't need me to tell you that that day will forever be etched in our history but we're not talking about history we're talking about an album that happened to drop that particular day Jay-Z's Blueprint and of course I have the homie my man Eclectic will be in the building and we're going to break this album down not only will we break down the tracks but we'll talk about you know, the significance of this album, where we currently rank this album. And that might surprise you. And of course, we'll get into the battle that Jay-Z had with Nas. All of that and much more right here on the 12 Kyle podcast. So sit tight. After the break, we will present to you Blueprint 20 years later on the 12 Kyle podcast. Let's get it. And just like that, we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, thanks for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Uh, As you can tell from the liner notes, uh, you see who's here. Uh, This man needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. (laughs) My man uh, coming through to co-host with me. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, good friend of the show. He's on here all the time. I'm on his show all the time. Uh, the creator of the Eclectic Discussion Podcast and the creator mm. of Encyclopedia Hip Hop Podcast, none other than Eclectic in the building. E, what up, baby? Yeah, what's up? It's Eclectic, a.k.a. The Eclectic Company, a.k.a. Al E. Shore, The Eclectic Commander. Eclector gadget. Do you just sit around and think of these things? Come on, man. Click Armstrong. <laughs> to Click Shakur. Um, it's, it's it's good to be on the show. Let's talk about some stuff. I like that. I like that. Yeah, man. We so I got you on here. We are taking it back, man. We're going back. Wow, twenty years. Uh, Jay Z's album, The Blueprint. This album um, is celebrating its 20-year anniversary. Uh, It's hard to believe that this album is actually turning 20. So as you guys know, we're going to break it down like we always do. Um, Again, still kind of mind-boggling that this album uh, is turning 20 years old. It was released on September 11, 2001, which, you know, is a day in this in, in the United States history that will live in infamy. But on that particular day, Jay-Z released this particular album. Um, so let's go back, man. Um, September 11th, <laughs> it sounds cliche, but September 11th, 2001, other than what else was going on in the world? I mean, of course, there was some, some worldly events going on. Where were you and what were you doing that particular day? Or did you buy the album that particular day or that week or where were you when this album dropped? Oh, okay. Because being in D.C., I was in the thick of things <laughs> when things were going on. You weren't at the Pentagon, though. 
my, well, I live, I live, well, especially then, I live around the corner oh, wow. from the Pentagon. Oh, so, sure. so dumbass me. Well, I obviously not knowing anything. Had my my balcony door open, and then when the shit happened, um, all like it was just smoking shit in my place. My place smelled like smoke for like a week because wow. I, I live that close. Anyway, um, I I got this. Um, as a bootleg, okay. Because um, I forget why. I forget why. Maybe I, maybe it was because it was Jay Z. I was like, I'm not buying no full price Jay Z. I don't I don't know for sure, <laughs> but it was around because because in 2000s I was kind of I'm kind of whatever about most music anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, I copped it. I copped it, and I remember I just drove with it. I'm like I, I popped it in, I and I just drove. I drove the entire album. I was just going down streets and and roads I've never been in, been on, just to listen to it and get you know, just to just to take it all in. So um, um, that is so I had it the day it came out. No, I might have had it the day before because it was a super bootleg. Okay, but, but um, I had it around that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting that you say that because. Um, I don't really remember this one being as bootlegged as some of his previous albums were, but uh, it, the streets were definitely uh, clamoring for it. That's for sure. Um, I remember I actually bought it the day of, and um, you know, like you said, world events. I, I remember. Yeah, uh, I think it was kind of too busy for me around that time <laughs> for me to just hop in the Best Buy. Yeah, and cop. yeah, yeah. You just but but you you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I did. I I I was at home and I was like I wasn't I was going into work late for that particular day for some reason, and you know of course you know the tower got hit and then the second tower got hit. I actually was watching TV live when it happened, and so I was like, oh my gosh, this shit is crazy. So you know, I'm trying to get my mind off that. And at this point, we still, you know, literally don't know what's going on at this point because, you know, there are rumors flying around. Uh, you know, there was no Twitter. At least I wasn't on Twitter at the time. Um, and I don't think Twitter had, had existed back then. No, 2011. No, Twitter wasn't there. So I did actually, like you said, I went to Best Buy. And I went to Best Buy specifically to get this album. And they had the TVs on in Best Buy. And as I was standing in line at Best Buy, to purchase this CD, the towers fell. Mm. And I was like, oh shit. And it's like me and like 10 other dudes, we were all in line to get the Jay-Z CD. And, you know, we were talking, you know, kind of talking about what it was going to sound like or what it was going to be or whatever the case was. But, um, yeah, it was just, it was, that day was weird, man. It was weird because you couldn't even really, you couldn't even really enjoy the, the album because of everything that was going on in the world. Well, I remember exactly what I remember now. Okay. What was popping? So what happened was, Uh-oh. I was out. All the all stuff went down, mm-hmm. and then it went down at the Pentagon, and I was driving home. But since I lived so close, everything was blocked. <laughs> Damn. So I could get right almost to my exit, but since I live, you know, walking, I could sprint to the Pentagon from where I live. Um, everything was blocked and they redirected us through, you know, DC. And that's when I copped it because I had pulled over at a gas station back when I was pumping gas like a peasant. Um, 
and I pulled over at a gas station and dude had it and I copped it. And the reason why I was driving so long is because everything around my place was shut down and I couldn't get home. That is why I was driving around so long listening to the album. Now I remember that's, that's what happened. Wow. And so you, you were pretty much at a place where you probably could get to your apartment if you were walking, but because you were in a car, you had to keep riding around. Was it like that? Right. Okay. Yeah, because uh, it was it was barricades and police and and tanks and shit all around the um, shit. So if I was on foot mm-hmm. and because I you know I rolled up and stopped and showed them my ideas like this is my address I'm right there they're like yeah so <laughs> you're gonna have to go that way it it was basically the equivalent of <laughs> of you you living you know wherever. On in, in Atlanta, and they saying, "Yeah, but you 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 might not might need to hit North Carolina real quick and go around." <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> like, what are we doing, man? So anyway, but yeah, that's what happened. Wow, wow, wow! Yeah, it, it was that day was crazy, man. I just I remember you know getting the album and not really not really listening to it that particular day because it was just so much shit going on. Because it was like I got the album. Like I said, the tower came down. Then I went to work and I was at work, which was literally across the street from uh, Best Buy. And we might have been at work 15 minutes. And it was like, all right, y'all need to go home. And so we was like, huh? It was like, yeah, y'all need to go home. We just, we shutting everything down. We don't know what's going on. There might be terrorist attacks here in Atlanta. And I was like, not here. I mean, like, (laughs) we're where the office was like, ain't nobody, I mean, you can't, you're not going to blow up, uh, you know, Boston market, (laughs) but, Mm. um, but yeah, so it was, so I just remember going home and at the time we just had, we only had Dion, my oldest son. So he was, he was little, he was what, two. So picked him up and um, I just kind of chilled and watched the news the rest. I, I, I distinctly remember not really listening to the album until the next day. And yeah, I kind of found some time to to actually digest it. Um, but yeah, Jay Z delivered, uh, you know, what a lot of people would have called, uh, or is calling now, I should say, because they didn't call, <laughs> they didn't call it a classic at the time. Um, one of his better albums, one of the the albums that you know set forth uh, him on this trajectory as far as uh, as an MC, as an executive, so forth and so on. Um, do you remember your initial thought? I know you said you got the, the, the bootleg. What were your initial thoughts, if you can remember, like upon hearing it the first couple of times that you listened to it? Um, I thought initially that this was his best album. Okay. I I thought that I was, all the other stuff I said, this is this is it. This is his best album. Um, as time went on, I realized I was wrong. But... Um, I consider this one of the quintessential modern classics, mm-hmm. like, and not a timeless classic. Modern At the time when it came out, it was probably one of the best things out. It made you feel good. It was great when it came out. But I, I don't like saying this stuff didn't age well. I just like saying that it was great for the moment. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, there was such a buzz around this album. Um, of course, you know, Jay was coming off the heels of 
you know, the album before this, which wasn't a bad album. I mean, I, I love the album, but, you know, everybody didn't feel that way. <laughs> but, um, you know, so people kind of felt like he had something to prove, I guess. And, uh, you know, some would say that he did and he did more than just do that as far as proving himself. But um, I, I agree with you. I think uh, upon my first couple of listens, I was really, you know, engulfed with this album. It was something that I was like, wow, OK, this shit is different because even Jay was rapping. The stuff he was rapping about was different. And of course, there was some controversy. We'll, we'll jump into that in just a second. But I think this album, you know, was a, a defining moment for him. Um, again, because we didn't really have the Internet popping like that, there was no you know, there, I, I don't even really remember. There was a rollout, but it wasn't really a huge rollout, if you will. Uh, well, again, there were there were things. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's kind of hard to roll it out when the whole world is collapsing around you. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was I, I do remember really, really liking this this uh, this album. And I remember a lot of people you know around me loving this album as well. Um, and I just briefly touched on the controversy now. For those of you who may not have been alive or may not have been outside or, you know, whatever, um, there was some controversy leading into this album uh, between Jay-Z and Nas and Mob Deep. Well, more so Nas than Mob Deep. Um, just to give you guys a quick background, Jay-Z and Nas were literally trying to compete for the quote-unquote king of New York spot. Uh, you know, Biggie was gone. Um, and at the time, you know, Nas was supposed to be the next guy up, if you will, and so forth and so on. And Jay was, you know, kind of snipping at his heels. And, you know, you can make a case that Nas had released some great albums and Jay had released some great albums. And so they both were com competitive. Uh, they both subliminally took jabs at each other over, you know, the course of a couple of years. Fast forward to, um, I think it was a Memphis Bleak song where Bleak said something. <laughs> Bleak. <laughs> Bleak said something about Nas. And Nas responded with a freestyle. Right? All this fashion is fly, Jerry. Now makes my eyes teary. And why city grab a hole and ride with me? Rip the freeway. Shoot through Memphis with money bags. Stop the Philly on the cheesesteaks and eat beans fast. And bring it back up top. Remove the fake king of New York. You show off. I count off when you sample my voice. I rule you. Before you used to rap like the food snickers. Nas designed a blueprint. Who you kidding? Is he H to the Izzo? M to the Izzo? Pushes who you phony to rap a version of Cisco. And that's for certain you clone me. Your whack clothesline. I'd rather Sean John bought me with your fake rhymes. And no times I never took place. You Un was your first court case. You had no prize. You master fabricated stories and streets and sound slicks. Have you surrounded you and the you down with why they got knives trying to boost their career? Corny is corn mega. All you hip hop quiz and cellmatic. It was written. I am not the diamonds. That's the answer to the puzzle I gave you. Now here's the promise. So he hit him with the freestyle, and that was viewed as a diss. Well, fast forward, summer jam. Uh, that particular summer, Jay Z. Uh, releases at Summer Jam the first verse of Takeover, but the first verse only dealt with Mob Deep, right? And so at the end of the first verse, you hear him say, Ask Nas, he don't want it with Ho. I don't care if you Mob Deep. I hope 
You little fuck, I got money stacks bigger than you. When I was pushing weight back in 88, you was a ballerina, and I got the picture I seen you. Drama King exclusive. assume okay well Nas is gonna because at this point when he says ask Nas you don't he don't want it with Hove this is the first time that not that Jay or Nas has actually publicly acknowledged each other by name so you know and and he can tell you guys this as well you know it was one thing to diss somebody back in the day but you you know you kind of not even mention their name it'd be subliminal and I think really that's where you know the hip-hop that both E and I grew up on that's how that's how it was right so anyway fast forward Nas responds with this freestyle and then Jay puts what would be his second verse on the takeover which goes at Nas and thus you have the takeover song um what were your thoughts on one the take the 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 back and forth two the the actual verse on takeover and then three we, of course, we know Nas responded with Ether months later, but who actually won the quote-unquote beef, if you will, between Jay and Nas? So it's a three-part question. Um, so the first part is, nah, I, um, I thought, wow, he really, he really did that. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was crazy, and um, it had everybody talking. I thought that um. I thought that he had a couple of good, couple of good things in there, um, and uh, told him lame and Uchi Wally and 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 and, and, and said that um, called him a fat model for Carl Nye and Esco ads. It was it was it was some good stuff. But see, the thing was, it was it was mad petty because Nas had didn't drop hadn't dropped in like two years at this right. point. So I was like, why? 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 Like, what? He, he's somewhere with Khalees chilling. Like, why? What are we doing? And, um, but it was crazy for, you know, someone of that stature to go at someone of that stature. So he wasn't punching down. Right. And, and so the thing was, recency, uh, bias had everybody riding with Jay Z. Like, nah, he just, he just killed Nas. Nas career is dead because, again, mind you, you haven't heard from him in like two years, except for the, the, the QB's finest thing, I think, maybe. Right. So, so you, you, you didn't hear anything. So now, so now he dead. He in the mud, whatever. But then what the populace don't know, see, the populace think, and then he came with Ether. No, he came with about two, three freestyles. Yeah, he did. 
and um, and he had the the one joint um, with the Bravehearts. Um, first first things first. This is Nas, and I'm a Braveheart veteran, and you already know who I'm better than. <laughs> one of my favorite shits I ever heard in my life. Right. But um, um, Nas clearly won. Nas, um, if it was a 10 round fight, Jay Z won the first round and then he just got beat, right? <laughs> for the rest of the for the rest of the fight. He, he, and, and the only reason why he won the first round is because it was a sucker punch, didn't nobody see it coming? So, of course, you're gonna get that off. But as soon as soon as it was, this is what it is, Nas wiped him. He wiped him. He went at he went at the other people in his crew that didn't say anything back. <laughs> yeah, he nah, nah, clearly won. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I think uh, I remember hearing Takeover for the first time, uh, and I I want to say, did I? I don't think I heard it before the album came out. Um, not that version for Nas, and um, <clears throat> yeah, man, it was it was it was one of those things, man, where I really really thought like, like you said, like the popular start. Oh, Nas is done. He's dead. Like his career is dead. Ain't no coming back from this because, and I want you guys to understand, you know, and he is full aware of this. Like we coming up, we saw rappers go back and forth. And I, I always, you know, kind of re- reference back to um, <laughs> a battle that you're quite familiar with. Um, Modi, Cool Modi and LL Cool J. And I don't, you correct me if I'm wrong, but they never mentioned each other's names, did they? Uh, well, I mean, he Modi did do the what LL stands for. Yeah, they no, they mentioned they mentioned each other's names. Okay, I couldn't I couldn't huh. remember if they did or they didn't, but that was probably the biggest battle because, like you said, in this Jay is punching someone of his caliber as opposed to punching down. Wherein I think, you know, for what it's worth, I think LL at that particular time was a better MC than Cool Modi was. Um, you agree? E? Um, yeah, um, but you know, you had different schools of thought because Kumo D was, you know, old school guy, you know, had the crews and movie, you know, so I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily punching down, but it was, it was, it was close. Right. (laughs) He wasn't, you know, I don't think he was on his level at that particular time, but, um, you know, to your point, I think. You know, Jay was, you know, he, it, Nas was a formidable opponent, but, you know, like you said, Nas really, we hadn't heard from Nas. And then Jay drops Takeover, and it's probably another eight months before Ether comes out. So there's a lot of people that really thought that it was over for Nas. And so I, I agree with you. I think, you know, it's, it's mind boggling to me all these years later how people think Jay-Z won. I mean, I know Jay-Z's got stands and fans, but nah, he didn't he didn't win. And uh that little um what was that joint called? That last thing he did where his mom told him to chill. I mean, it was mm. it was super ugly. Yeah, super ugly. It was just ugly. Um so yeah, so that that happened and so that was the controversy uh leading into the album. Um you know, did it help record sales? Of course it did. And it, it, you know, for a lot of people, they think that it may have reignited what was left of Nas's career because you can make a case that Nas was on a path, you know, in the opposite direction, if you will. Um, 
But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. But I just wanted to give you guys some context. Uh, let's get into the songs, man. This album, it's a little more than an hour long. Um, production, uh, the production was very interesting because it featured uh, some of the familiar faces and then also some names that personally I'd never heard of. Um, of course, you had guys like, you know, Poke and Tone from the Trackmasters. Uh, you had the ever-present Timbaland, uh, who had you know worked with Jay Z before, but this album actually featured two producers that up until this point I really wasn't familiar with at the time, but they went on to become staples. A uh, guy by the name of Just Blaze and some other guy you may have heard of him. His name's Kanye West. Um, what did you think before we start breaking down the tracks? What did you think about the the overall production of this album? Um, I thought that that was part of what made me think that this was his best album because the it was real soulful um, and the the samples it seemed like the samples were picked carefully. Um, it was very it wasn't a it wasn't many tracks that I didn't like. Well, actually, when I first heard, I liked everything. Okay. So, because um, <laughs> I mean, it was new. It was you know. So I liked it, but I would consider it a continuation of uh, the dynasty. Mm. So it wasn't, it wasn't great. It was like the, 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 it was like the after show of the dynasty. <laughs> dynasty was real funky right. and like West coasty, but um, then nah, this the production was great. Yeah, I agree, man. I think um, the production really blew me away because like you said, it was, very soulful and we didn't really have that on a lot of uh you know jay-z's previous albums or previous efforts uh looking at you know the producers that were on here like i said kanye just blaze poke and tone from the track masters timbaland uh bink produced a couple of tracks uh and of course eminem uh produced a track as well um i thought the production was 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 really really dope um one of the you know enduring features about this album and as time has gone on, I think that's one of the things that I've appreciated as these as this album has gotten older is the production on the album. Um, and as e, me and E mentioned, you know, of course, the, the album drops on 9-11. And in spite of that, this album still sells 427 copies in the first week that it's out. So uh, that's a feat in and of itself. Um, it was Jay's fourth consecutive album to reach number one on the Billboard chart. So, you know, he, he did his thing commercially with this album. So that's that goes without saying. Um, let, let's get into the tracks. Uh, before we break down the tracks, do you have any favorite songs on this album? Um, yeah, I have. Um, maybe me, two. I guess give me your three. Give me your. Okay, okay. I'll give me. I'll give me my three favorite. Um, let's see. I'm gonna try to do this. I'm gonna try to do this in reverse order. Um, number three would be. I'm. I'm gonna cheat and say both versions of girls, girls, girls. Okay. <laughs> um, number two would be. Uh, Never change. Mm. And my favorite song is, and depending on how you want to cheat, you can still cheat, but you don't know. 
Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Because if you want to also do MOP version. Come on, man. Yeah, so on, man. so those are those are my three. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, um, I mean, mine are in no particular order. I'd probably say definitely Heart of the City. Um, never change. No, 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 no. Heart of the City. Song Cry. And you don't know. Um, Song Cry really. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't. I I wasn't sure about Song Cry the first time I heard. It. I was like, you know, because it comes in and she's singing. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I was like, the more and more I listened to it, it just grew on me. And then, of course, you know, he drops the video or whatever like that. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, th- those are my three. Um, do you have a song or songs that you will say, nah, this don't belong on here? I wouldn't say that. Well, all right. Well, one doesn't sound like it belongs on that thing but um all right this is what i'll say personally i do not enjoy Izzo. i hate hola jovito and um and um i don't think that with this album renegade fits Mm. I don't say it's a bad song, but if you listen to everything else on this album, Renegade makes no sense on this album. Okay, so if you're A and R in this project, yeah, they they Hove brings it into you. Hey, I need you to A and R this project. Uh, so you're taking these three songs off this album. Um, I yeah, I'm not even letting him record the first two, and then Renegade would just <laughs> Renegade would be like a either a bonus track because he got two hidden tracks, so it'd be like a hidden track, or we we put it out before the album to get people, you know, well because if it got Eminem on it, so you wanna you wanna roll with it, even though it was not even the original version of Renegade, but whatever. Right. Right. Um. But it just, that one just doesn't fit. It's not like it's a bad song. It just doesn't fit. Um, um, but those are the ones that, at the time, I would have said, because those those weren't good then okay. in 2001. Okay. Now, there's a, there's a few other songs that I don't think stood the test of time, I guess you could say. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so the album starts off with track one, The Ruler's Back. It's produced by Bink. Uh, now, that title may fly over some people's head, but it was very prevalent to me and you. Uh, what did you think about the the intro track, The Ruler's Back? Oh, I just assumed that he was going to have a Slick Rick feature. Um, I assumed that Slick Rick would be on there, and he wasn't. And um, the, the, the song was... The song was going to be good because he used some of uh, Slick Rick's stuff, but you know him using other people's stuff is not fucking groundbreaking anymore. Um, uh, good song, it's just it it could have it could have been a lot more. It could have been a lot better if he would have went all the way. Like you're not the ruler, <laughs> so what do we? <laughs> shut up. So you you made it you made an album named after the Karis One album, but you put a song called "The Rulers Back" from from Slick Rick. 
Where's the Jay Z? I knew this was coming. This is what I, I. This is why I have this man on this podcast. I knew this was coming. So okay, so I forgot. I I'm sorry, my bad, folks. I forgot to even mention that the album is called Blueprint, and as E referred, there was already prior to this album coming out a album called Blueprint by none other than uh, Chris Parker, aka KRS One. I um, mean, in in his defense, in his defense. The album is the is the the BDP album, and it's it's not just the blueprint. But I mean, come on, man, what what are we doing? This ghetto music, the blueprint of hip hop, right. came out in 1989. But Go. still, but well, but we we know maybe he was paying homage. Maybe. Hey, I, I don't think he mentioned uh, Karis <laughs> one. I don't even think he made the liner notes. Well. And even to piggyback off that with the ruler's bag, may I'm I'm assuming maybe because he did borrow slash steal a couple of Slick Rick's rhymes in this particular song, uh, which really flew over a lot of people's heads because you know people were always talking about how Jay would take Biggie's lyrics, but I'm like, wait a minute, Biggie wasn't the first person's lyric he took, you know, like he <laughs> he clearly took from the ruler. But you know, I mean, it, he said it's paying homage. So I, I, I I'm, I'm a cut him a little bit of slack. I don't know. I mean, it, it's just me, and I, I'm a card carrying hater. If you're really paying homage, get a guy writing credit. <laughs> well, this is true, because I don't think Slick Rick's no, his name does not appear anywhere on the liner notes of this album. Um, then of course the aforementioned Takeovers track two. Produced by Kanye West. Did you like the production? I know you said you you weren't really, um, you know. You, I'm sorry. You said you did like uh, Takeover. What did you think about the production on uh, Takeover? I I I I thought it was really interesting at the time. Um, um, I liked it. I wasn't blown away, but I thought it was it was really different. I don't. He's never rapped over anything like that before in his career, even when he was with jazz so this was this was really good it was really interesting um um not knowing exactly what he's talking about you know at first you know because the first verse he just regular old rap shit mm-hmm. and then the second verse he said mob deep and then you're like damn shook once you huh okay <laughs> and then and then then you get to nice stuff and and i'm like wow this who said something? What? What? Ha- now I'm listening to it, thinking, "Well, what's the backstory here? Who? When did Nas say something? I haven't heard from Nas since whatever the fuck. So I, I didn't understand. But I was like, man, he he kind of got with him. I don't know what Nas is gonna do because Nas is not known as a battle rapper. Right. So I can't imagine him about to come back and do nothing. But then again, Jay Z is not known as a battle rapper to the public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now people that people that know know. But to the public, he just um, he throw up the dynasty. He he Rockefeller guy. <laughs> so so um, but the production, everything. When this came out, this was a four out of five, four point five out of five. When it came out. Okay okay. Um, then track three, uh, the aforementioned Izzo H O V A. Uh, you said you didn't like this one. This one's this one was produced by Kanye as well. Uh, what? What didn't you like about it? It was corny. It's, 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 it, it was corny. Come on, you used um, to dribble in VA. I was, I was, I was literally in VA listening to it. <laughs> so, um, 
the the hook was dated in 2001 for shizzle my nizzle <laughs> that was whack then so 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 off tops i'm like and for sheezy my kneesy everybody's trying to be like let it be known and 2001 though so i i was just like oh and the girls are singing it, it was like to me he he was chasing um, Hard Knock Life again, okay. and it just wasn't. No, I'm good, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I that song, while it was extremely popular, it obviously has the um, Jackson Five sample. I don't think, for me, I don't think it aged well, and I don't think it. Um, I mean, it's not. Honestly, it's not a song that I would listen to today. I mean, just on the humble, like, yo, put that is on. Like, I, <laughs> I wouldn't put it on. But no one's saying that. It's not a bad song to me, but it's not, it, it ran its course early for me, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Um, then we get to track four, and I, I was wrong a little earlier. Uh, Slick Rick does appear on this album because he's on as a, an additional vocal on Girls, Girls, Girls. Although he does, to your point, does not get any writing credits for that, which I think is kind of odd. Uh, girls, girls, girls. Produced by the original is produced by uh, actually original and um, no, I'm sorry. The original is produced by uh, Just Blaze. Uh, part two is produced by Kanye. Interesting. Uh, what did you think of Girls, Girls, Girls? I really like Girls, Girls, Girls. I am I am sort of happy that it wasn't. I didn't know this because I had a bootleg. Mm -hmm. So on my bootleg, it said featuring Q-Tip, Slick Rick, and Bismarck. Uh... So I was like, oh, this is about to be the best thing I ever heard in my fucking life. And then I played it. And I'm like, where's it? Where... <laughs> Where are the other verses? Right. And so, so I'm happy that for real life, it wasn't documented that way because it would have been a huge letdown i it was a it was a huge letdown for me looking at the bootleg saying this i'm thinking oh my god this is about to be great mm. and um yeah but i like the song I, I i love the song i like the idea i like the concept um b plus song okay okay uh then we get to track five jigger that nigga by Tone and Poke, uh, the track masters. Um, interested to hear your take on this one. What, what did you think about this one? It is not a good song. Mm. It is it is not a good song. I personally never need to hear it again. Um, <laughs> it, 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 I don't know. It, it, that also kind of doesn't fit on this album either. Mm. Um, um, I don't I don't understand what it's jigger that nigga would fit up would have fitted on the dynasty. They would have fit on there. Okay. okay. And, and maybe and maybe it was a leftover joint um that he probably wrote with his hands and a <laughs> pencil and paper. Um but um so uh, the the he he is Zion. I am. 
the Visu jeans and it's a D. It's a D. That's a, that's a D. It's a solid D. You know what I realized about this song? Like, there's a lot of name dropping in this joint. Um, it's not something that I really paid attention to back in tw- uh, 2001, but there's a lot of name dropping of clothes brands and liquors and all. And I mean, you know, for what it's worth, uh, pe- Jay-Z's detractors at that time, they said, you know, hey, that's all he's rapping about, just rapping about flossy things. And I mean, you know, he was flossing at the time, so I, I get it. Um, but it wasn't even clever. He was right. just like, it was just like he was reading his receipt. <laughs> And I'm wondering if he got paid for that because it's just, it, I think Jay-Z's too much of a businessman and a hustler not to have gotten paid for all of the name drops, names that he dropped in this particular song. Um, this song is okay for me. Uh, I didn't necessarily crush it or kill it. I, I like Tone and Poke, but I, I like them on other joints more so than I like this. This like this might be my least favorite Tone and Poke joint. Um but it was, you know, it was okay. It was okay, okay to me. Um, mm. Then we get to track six, produced by Just Blaze. Uh, you don't know. Um, you taking the you don't know original or the remix featuring MOP? MOP. Yes, yes. Same here. Yeah, I mean, I love I love both, but um, uh, it's probably my like I said earlier. It's- Probably my favorite song. It's definitely my favorite song on the album, so I'm taking it. But if I had to pick, oh no, nah. man, man, <laughs> nah, the MOP version is crazy. Yeah. Like the MOP version didn't need Jay Z, <laughs> and the MOP version will start a fight in the club. It will, trust me. Um, track seven, Timberland comes through, and you know he and Jay Z have done magic together up until this point whole lot whole veto <laughs> um man, I I hate this song <laughs> I mean like I really this song to me has no business on this album and when I get into my discussions with people about this album this is the first stone that I throw whole lot he, whole veto is terrible he it, it's not one of Timbaland's best beats. Jay is just singing whatever, I mean, rapping whatever, and the 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 chorus is awful. I know there's somebody listening that's probably loved this song, but this song is trash, and you know it. Um, but yeah, that that's my thoughts. <laughs> you got anything you want to add to that? Because I know you, I know you're not a fan of this song either. It's not a good song. It, it wasn't a good song in 2001. It's not a good song now. Ironically, it might be better than like his last two, three albums. So, um, but this at the time, it was like, oh, well, let me, but because you gotta understand, you coming off of, you coming right off of, you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you're like, but but he can do that, and then and then the next song when you get to it, you're like, but he can do that. So right. what was the shit that I just heard? Um, when this came out, I thought greatness, great album. In retrospect, this is literally not literally. I hate when people use literally and literally, but this is two different albums. Mm. This is, I mean, Heart of the City, Never Change, Song Cry, 
and 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 Mama Loves Me is one album. Mm. Hola on. Jovito <laughs> and Izzo and even the Rulers Back and Renegade. That's a different album. Mm. The, it's, it's totally this. It was sequenced as good as you could because he put a lot of the bullshit in the front and the front end. Um, but it's really it's really the tale of two different albums to me. You know, I don't think you're that far off on, in that take because I remember distinctly that Dame Dash, I want to say he had gone on Hot 97 in New York and he was talking about them in the recording process and he was speaking as they were recording this particular album and I distinctly remember him saying something to the effect of yeah Jay just recorded like six songs this this weekend like that and so I'm, I'm and so now it, it plays back to me that if they recorded like that like if he did a bunch of songs in in clusters like that then it's very possible and we're assuming that the songs that he did are the songs that made this album it's very possible that he could have done this album in clusters and then they kind of put everything together and they sequenced it the best way they could. Like you said, I, that makes sense to me, but putting this song on that particular album, I, I, I just can't, I don't understand. I don't understand. It just, yeah. Room. The rumor was he wrote this whole thing in two days and they did the whole right. Did he put pen to pad or did he just stand oh, there and mumble? I, it? <laughs> I, I believe he put pen to pad because if you tell me that you did all the supposedly the album was done in two weeks and he wrote all the songs in two days. I don't buy it. I've, I, I don't know who is buying it, <laughs> but it, if all of that is true. Right. Okay. Right. I, I'm with you. I'm rolling. It is. I'd have a, and I never heard that before, so thank you for telling me that, but I'd have a hard time believing that this was done like that, that he wrote all of this. And and keep in mind, when we say write, Jay-Z allegedly doesn't put pen to pad. Like, he basically sits in the studio, he listens to the song, and he comes up with the words in his head, and then he, you know, spits them out to the to the universe. Um so that's an interesting concept if that were the case, if they really did do this album in two weeks. But I do remember Dame saying, you know, to your point that, you know, they did six songs in a day or something like that or six songs that particular weekend or something like he was just he was speaking on how focused Jay was and how Jay was going to he in his words, he wasn't going to hold Jay back from speaking on nonsense. And I think he was talking about Nas at the time uh, without mentioning Nas, but he was just going to address he was going to let Jay address the haters or whatever the case was. Um, then we move to track eight, Heart of the City, Ain't No Love, produced by Kanye West. Uh, you and I both said we like this song. What, what, what's your overall take on this one? Heart of the City is good. Um, now I feel that it's dated. Okay. Um, I think, I honestly think this, what made more people fall in love with a lot of the songs on this album was the unplugged shit. Mm. When people saw it live and heard and had people singing and stuff. And I think that's what made more people fall in love with this. Um, um, even even me, when I think of some of these songs like Song Crying in Love, I think I mean I don't think of the album version. Okay. 
I think of the live unplugged version. Mm. Um, but but the song was good, and you know, first the Fat Boys break up, and then it was great. Um, but I just think that this is one of those. If it come on, depending on how long ago it's been since I've heard it, I might listen to it. But otherwise, I'm not going to listen to it. Okay. But I don't think it's a bad song. It's just that it's like, it's okay. It's, um, it's, um, uh, if I ruled the world by now, I'm like, I don't need to hear that song. <laughs> I know it's a good song. I mean, but yeah, whatever. There's nothing that's going to make me go like, yeah, damn, I remember when. I don't care, right, man. Right, put, right. Put, put both versions of You Don't Know back on. <laughs> uh, for me, Heart of the City, uh, I, I love it. I still like it to this day. I think uh, one of the things that really it, it takes me back to it, it reminds me of the uh, the old, you know, Kanye production style. And, um, you know, that that version of Kanye as, as a producer, uh, obviously I don't think it's ever, well, whatever version of Kanye that you remember is, is never coming back, but that's, that's another story of another day. Um, and then Kanye also produces track number nine, never changed. We both said that we loved, um, track 10 song cry. What, what did you think about song cry? That was produced by uh, just blaze. Well, see, well, going back to, um, um, never change my second favorite okay, song in the thing that reminds me of, vintage Kanye more than anything else. Mm. But um um what are we talking about? Song cry song rock song cry again it makes me think of the unplugged things a fine song. I mean I listen to it. I give it now uh, then incredible. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like this song is ridiculous. He's this this was um um what's that um regrets jay-z or you must love me jay-z so i'm like okay this is this is good now it's like it's okay i give it a c okay 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 uh i i liked it i liked it even more once i saw the video um, that's the thing i don't even remember a video for this yeah this was the, the the throwback joint i think um wait a minute was beyonce in this video i can't remember I if c- beyonce was in the video or not but um just the, the the old throwback and parts of it is, is in black and white from what I can remember. Mm. Um, I thought it was a good video and I thought, you know, Jay-Z did a good job of putting this together. Uh, I like the old sample, the the soulful sample that Just Blaze put in there. Um, then we moved to track 11, All I Need, produced by Bink. I'm... <sighs> um, it's okay. Like it's, I don't know, man. It, this, this is probably a skippable track for me. It, it, like you said, if it's on, if I hadn't heard it in a while, I'll listen. But if it comes on shuffle, I'm probably gonna bypass it. What, what, what do you think about all I need? So this is where we, this is where we get different. I really like this song. Okay. Um, the only thing I don't like about this song is when after this came out. ESPN, NFL, NBA, and everywhere else all of a sudden said they got their swagger back. <laughs> Nobody had swagger <laughs> before this song. There's an old spice deodorant called swagger. Wow. That before this song, no one even used that word. 
And that was the only thing that killed me. But I, I mean, I, I like it because this to me was back to the cool JC, mm-hmm. like like his bucket low, raw rock affairs fit. Like yeah, like fuck, it, let's rap. So I like that part. I like like this was just him rhyming, no ulterior motive. Just look, you know, talk about. It girl and the guns and i like this one Mm. um uh but uh it sounds more like an outro or an interlude but this one i would listen to all i need before i would throw on uh song cry and heart the city okay 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 that's fair um then we get to the aforementioned renegade featuring eminem which was produced by eminem uh, at track 12 did <laughs> did Eminem body Jay-Z on this track if you had to say who had the better performance on the song Eminem had the better performance yes. on the song and Eminem typically does not have the better overall performance on songs when he's with someone else he didn't really go he didn't go gibberish on this <laughs> he actually was he had it was like he he set the thing because mm-hmm. the song has nothing to do with renegade what he's talking about has nothing to do with a renegade but when he set the theme he stuck with it mm-hmm. yeah i'm in a position to talk to these kids and let's then he he started talking so i was like nah i'm, I'm with it yeah, I, I agree. I, I love when he said, I, I don't think you have a clue what I did to get here. I used to I used to say that all the time because I used to say that to people. Like, you don't have a clue how I got here. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not the biggest Eminem fan, although I do recognize that he is a dope MC. Uh, but I've said it before in this podcast and it's worth repeating, uh, especially to my homeboy, Matt, who's listening. Eminem does for me doesn't have a lot of replay value. Like once I've heard his song two or three times, like there's nothing that makes me go say, "Hey, let me get the arc chord. Let me let me hit rewind and listen to this Eminem track again." I'm sorry, he just he he just doesn't do that for me. But again, he's still an incredible MC. But I think this is one of his better verses. And like you said, he had a theme. He stuck with it, and he didn't. I don't think he necessarily tried to because he wasn't on the gibber. He wasn't on the gibberish. He wasn't on the Rapidy raps, let me show you I can rap, but he just stuck to the script, if you will, and he definitely delivered a better verse, you know, than Jay-Z did on this particular album, on this particular song. So, um, I'm with you. It's you know, it's it it is what it is, and you know, Nas obviously pointed that out, but um but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely rolling with Eminem on this particular verse. Uh then we get to the last track. Track 13, Blueprint, Mama Loves Me, produced by Bink. Um, thoughts on that one? Um I don't like I don't I don't like the 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 title. The Mama Loves Me. Take that shit. That's stupid. If you want to call it the blueprint, call it the blueprint. <laughs> but um I I like I like the idea. I like the theme theme of it. It's it's I enjoy music hip-hop music jay-z music when it's when it's stripped down when it's basic just let me just rhyme 
and and tell you tell you a story or tell you about me. Uh, what it, um, NWA say either talk about the place to be, who you are, what you got, or about a sucker MC. Mm-hmm. I don't need I don't need all the pomp circumstance. So I like this. Um, I could see how some people would think it was boring, <laughs> but I was engrossed to what he was saying. Okay. Because it was like, okay, so then what happened? Okay, and then October 21st, okay, okay. And then, well, all right, T.T., Uncle Jen, love you. Okay, so is it, a, is it a crazy song? No, but it's a nice outro. If if this if this is how you're going to end the album, nah, you, give me this. Okay, okay. Um, Again, this was okay. Uh, see, I guess the thing is, like, you and I come from an era where there were albums of you know from rappers that the last song was like the shout out song you know what i'm saying or or the dedication i like dedicate this to the crew i like dedicate this to my mama like so it's in that vein but i think like in the album we listen to and particularly in like in the golden era in the mid to late 80s those shout outs were just it, it was something simple it wasn't a song you know what i'm saying so like the the last song was the shout out song and it was it wasn't a song. It was just, you know, guys just talking. And I guess I would have I would have probably understood and agreed with this song a little more if it was just that. But, I mean, like, he's got the Al Green sample playing, and it's like, it's a, even though he's rapping, it was, it's okay. It's not – this goes back to something that you said a little earlier and I want to touch on. I really enjoyed it then – not as much now um and then of course the album concludes with two hidden tracks breathe easy and girls 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 part two um but see and that's the other thing okay go ahead my the the bootleg that i had (laughs) (laughs) so it had the the you don't know mop on it and it had something else at the end of this Mm. I'm just saying I don't I can't remember but it was something else okay because you, you just let it play yeah you gotta <laughs> let it play you gotta let it yeah. play uh, the breathe easy was on mine and girls 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 part two um, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else beyond that yeah but my yeah the bootleg that I had after girls 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 part two went off you don't know what MOP came on oh wow and then something else it was it was the deluxe bootleg. <laughs> I mean, listen, they they was looking out for me on the streets, cause I, I yeah yeah it had it had that I swear it did. Okay okay wow didn't know that um so you know so those thirteen if we just go with just those thirteen tracks that concludes the album uh so e I gotta ask you before we get out of here man um mm. you mentioned that you. Th- thought that this album was a modern day classic at the time and I I will tend to agree with that mm-hmm. but you're writing for the source right now today mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. Uh, celebrating this album September 11th uh, 2000 at the time of this recording September 11th 2021 you're writing for the source your article has to come out and by the source's definitions you've got to give this mic I mean, you got to give this album some mics. And uh, I'm glad I have you on here because you 
on your podcast, Encyclopedia Hip Hop, you've done several reviews where you have talked about some of the albums that we grew up listening to and then you rated them based on you talked about what you thought they were when you listened to them years ago and then you kind of gave them a re-rating based on you know how you feel about the album now not comparing it to what's out now but just the album in within itself Mm -hmm. said that to say this if you had to rate this album because this album got what five mics in the source it did uh how would you rate this album now giving it mics in 2021 at the time of this recording um my first my first thought is three and a half Mm. my first thought is three and a half um and I'm not even going to try to talk myself into four. I'm going to just say three and a half. I'm going to say 3.5. Oh, man, that's 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 close, man. That's close. Uh, I see how I could talk myself into four. But if if I if first my, my gut instinct says, nah, it's a three and a half. It's a, it's a C plus album. I think and I, you know, what? I, I, I won't necessarily disagree with that. I think. Maybe I've talked myself into a four. But I couldn't push it any higher than a four because there's a couple of, and you guys heard me say this already. I, there's a couple of joints here like I just don't like, like whole lot whole veto, that kills this album. I mean that kills the entire album. So that that try, and I know what you're thinking. Okay, Kyle, you know one song should knock it from five. It's not a five mic album. It's not if we're uh-huh. if we're being honest. If we're being honest. Now, when it dropped, I I I could have I could have made that argument that it was five four and a half. When it dropped, I was all over it. Yeah, I don't I don't think when it dropped, I don't think you could you would have had a hard time convincing me that it was anything other than a five mic album. Um, but and you know the word classic we talk about it all the time. The word classic gets thrown around, uh, but I agree with you. I think it's a modern day classic. Um, you know, definitely a classic of its time. I think hot hot take. Uh I think all of Jay Z's albums are modern (laughs) classics. I don't think he has a timeless classic. I think reasonable doubt is. I think reasonable doubt doubt is. Um, I can make a case for the black album. I can make a case. I can't make a case for anything else in his discography outside of that. You know, people will argue with you. I'm not talking about what people are going to argue about on on, uh, the internet. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think I'd probably give it a four if someone said three and a half, like you did, I'm, you get an argument from me. I don't think it's anything less than a three. You know, I, I think it's definitely three and a half, anywhere from three and a half to four. Well, here's another thing though. Uh-huh. Why you, why you're saying this? And I, I want people, listen, you listen to me. You already know you're going to get what you're going to get, <laughs> but I, um, it is very important to say coming up in the late 80s and early 90s when you actually had money to go buy stuff and you read reviews of stuff three and a half was solid as fuck yeah, <laughs> if oh, someone yeah. if someone said their, their album was a three a three mics or three and a half it was great please understand when Elmatic came out, that was the five that people was like, wait a minute, what? you can get that? <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh man, nah, it's this person dropped the classic this month and this person dropped the classic. No, it was, it was unheard of. Four was 
the bench. So if you say something was a three and a half or a three, it was like, all right, that's solid. I'm a, I'm a gonna go spend my money on that. Right. So facts, all right, okay. facts. No, you're you're right. And I mean, like back then, the four and a half was the five, really, because fives were so rare. And you know, that's also another interesting thing that you know, E and I probably, E and I definitely agree on that. We'll probably talk about it on a podcast. You know, us talking about how you know albums are rated and stuff like that nowadays everybody stay tuned for the 12 cow podcast donda recap <laughs> that will not happen um but yeah i'm, I'm with you man I, I think it's uh it's it's still a really really dope album still a really really dope album like i said i, I probably give it a four um i'm not necessarily going to entertain or argue with someone that gave it a four and a half i i Personally, I just can't give it a four and a half because there's too many blemishes on this album as time has passed. Again, it's still, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. It's still a dope ass album. It came at a perfect time. Um, you know, it was one of his benchmark albums. Um, See, and, and maybe it's because of when it came out. Maybe it's because of 9 11. I don't think it is, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get, give some pleas here. I don't even consider it a very, very dope album. I think it's a good album. I think maybe two or three songs need to be wiped from existence, but some of the other songs that are good, I just think that they feel dated. And it's not like it's a bad song. It's just that it's like, oh, yeah, that song, that song. (laughs) And, and they make you, and, and maybe this is the other thing. And this is, this doesn't, this isn't said a lot. But a lot of the music that I love and people of my generation love, when we hear it, it takes us back to, damn, I remember when and when this dropped then and then this happened then. Man, I wish I could have those days back. Everything was great. I don't really care to go back to 2001. 2001 no. wasn't the shit. So, no, when, no, I, so when I hear Here's something that's kind of dated and it's dated to then. I'm like, ew, who, who gives, where's the, the, the great nostalgia in this shit? So, but maybe for people that was in the seventh grade when this came out, I couldn't imagine seventh grade in 2001 being any fucking fun either. But, <laughs> but maybe, you know, it's just that when the songs are dated, you're like, well, at the time they were dope. And then you think about the time and the time wasn't dope. Then it's like it takes a little bit away from the song Yeah, for me. There, there, no, there, there's definitely some validity to that. And I mean, if you think back, I mean, the album came out on 9-11. I mean, the, the world was coming to an end that day. At least, you know, a lot of us thought that way. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think it, it's uh, it's one of those albums that it really depends on who you ask. Because if you ask the most uh, loyal of Jay-Z fans, they will tell you that it's a five-mic album and they'd fight you on anything else less than that. And, you know, that's, for them, that may be a hill that they're willing to die on. I just, this album just, it for for its great moments, its highs, it's got some really, really highs. Unfortunately, I think the lows are probably a lot lower than people are willing to admit, even the most Jay-Z fans. Um but it's still, I, th- I think it's still a, a dope, dope album. Um, before we get out of here, man, why don't you tell folks where they can find you? Uh, tell them about the podcast. Tell them about the drafts that I've been winning here lately. Uh, you know, whatever you want to get off your chest, tell them. Um, you can follow 
Follow me on Twitter at uh, I am eclectic. If you if you so choose. Um, but the I have two podcasts. Podcast one is the Eclectic Discussion Podcast. You can find it in your Spotify and Apple and Google and all of those places. If you want to follow the show on Twitter or Instagram, it is Eclectic Podcast. The second one is um, for people that's listening to this, you might enjoy the hip hop podcast called Encyclopedia Hip Hop. And um, you can follow that on Twitter and Instagram at Encyclopedia HH. Um, Kyle said we do drafts, um, uh, five round drafts. He's he's doing really well lately with drafts. Um, he's he's I think he's won two in a row. Might be three. Um, um, and uh, we, for the, because this is his show, I'm not going to tell you what his overall record is. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So just know, just know he's on a, he's he's on a great streak. Um, and um, um, so it's it's the hip hop podcast is is 70s, 80s, and 90s. Every now and then, some bullshit might sneak through, <laughs> but um, it's really 70s, 80s, and 90s hip hop trying to teach the youth and and have us um, get in our reminisce and nostalgia um, um, uh, modes for great times. The eclectic discussion podcast is all 80s and 90s growing up, things that happen in our youth and things that annoy me. So um, that's 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 what's popping. Oh, also, if you if you're a YouTuber, um, I am eclectic on YouTube. There it is. There it is. This guy has the second and third best podcast that you will hear in your lifetime. Uh, <laughs> you guys know where to find me. You've been listening this long. Twelve Kyle across the board. Twelve Kyle podcast. Uh, remember, this podcast drops each and every Thursday at midnight. Uh, from time to time, we will drop uh, bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. Uh, so be sure to subscribe. We're on every DSP that you can find. That's going to do it for us. So once again, me and my man Eclectic celebrating uh, the uh, the blueprint. I was about to say to take over the blueprint 20 years later. That's going to do it for Eclectic and me. Uh, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.